it worth it? The Film Review Podcast presents Road to the Oscars. Join me, David Long, on this journey as we talk all things Oscars before the big event, the 94th Academy Awards, on Sunday the 27th of March, 2022. So sit back, relax, and enjoy Road to the Oscars. Hello and welcome to Series 3, Episode 6 of Roads to the Oscars. My name is David Long and I am your host. It is finally that time of year where I make myself look foolish as we predict the winners of the 94th Academy Awards. We've had all the build-up, we've had all the precursors and it's finally time for the big night to take place. The speculation is over and it's time to lay our cards on the table. Many categories look somewhat locked up, none more so than director, but many of the categories are causing pundits real headaches as they look wide open. Think best actress, best editing and both screenplay categories to name but a few. And as for the shorts, I suggest prayer. Hard prayer, as they are always the ballot spoilers. It's been a long road to the Oscars, but we hope you've enjoyed the journey as we're now nearing our destination. Today's episode, trust me guys, is going to be incredibly fun, off the cuff, and a little bit wacky. So, as always, get comfy get relaxed and get ready for us to predict this year's winners on the sixth episode of Road to the Oscars. Yes, yes. So it once again gives me great pleasure to have another special guest joining me for this episode of Roads to the Oscars to discuss the awards race as it comes to a close and to make some outrageous predictions. It's my best friend, fellow presenter and producer, the one, the only Mr. Craig Fields. Craig, how art thou? <laughs> it's, that's a difficult one to say really it's yeah, I'm, I'm not great i'm not great explain I've, I've, i have covid yes i'm not Mitch. i'm not with craig we are recording this remotely i might uh, i hasten to add <laughs> yeah absolutely and um so I've, I've not been the most well person the last week i was hoping to do this with you in the studio back together again Two amigos recording, looking at each other directly in the eyes, but this time we're having to send the data over the internet, over the ether. <laughs> so I, I'm looking at you in the eyes, but it's just not the same. It's, it's not quite the same. pixelated. It's, <laughs> it's not the same um, as being uh, with you in person. Obviously, I'm terribly sorry that you're unwell, and I am honestly grateful that you are not seriously unwell and hopefully on the mend. Um, it could have been worse. It could have been it, worse. It, but It really could have been but worse. thank you to the NHS for providing me with some lovely antiviral medication. Yes. That um, seems to be doing the trick. And it uh, seems to be abating uh, the, 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 the virus back a bit. 
Well, I'm pleased to hear that. And look, it's a slightly odd start to the show having you on as a guest, but I have to follow the same format as I have with the other guests and also take this opportunity to thank you for your continued work behind the scenes on the podcast, uh, most notably with the editing of the episodes and the amazing job you do with the website. I'm obviously super excited for the wedding later in the year, but before we make our predictions, it's only fair, Craig, that you get to plug your socials like all of our other fabulous guests where can our listeners find you on social media and other outlets if they don't already follow you well lovely listeners you can find me at i am craig on twitter and instagram (laughs) and uh, i suppose you can follow us the wonderful is it worth it podcast team at film is worth it at uh twitter and uh instagram is uh what is it again david i've forgotten it's been too long i actually I don't know the Instagram handle, I'm not going to lie. Oh, But if well, you search is for Is It Worth It, the film review podcast, you will find it um, yeah, on Instagram. Um, now, Craig, you know me. I've thrown myself headfirst into the deep end, as usual, with this year's Oscars. I've studied, I've followed the precursors, I've analysed the betting markets, I've conducted wild and bizarre experiments, and here I am... None the wiser. I am honestly losing my marbles over this, Craig. Not that I had any in the first place. Craig, (laughs) it's true. Yeah, you know it's true. Um, You are here to save me. Now, you've listened to the show this year, but you're coming at this with a unique angle, which is one of the reasons I love having you on for the predictions like we did last year. Explain to the listener a little bit about your approach to predicting the 94th and why I'm going to win. Well, I thought you might throw that in there. Um, <laughs> you, uh, my my unique spin isn't really a unique spin, really. I I just enjoy movies. I love watching them. That's mm. why we do. Is it worth it? The film review podcast because we like to watch the films, analyze them in a way that is for everyone to 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 take from it. So we say whether or not we we thought the film was worth seeing. And in essence, when it comes to the Oscars, my approach is to say whether I think it was worth. The nomination, mm. and by saying that, it's whether or not it will win, um, or what I think will win, because it comes from my heart, because from what I see on the screen has to be something that I love. And uh, sometimes I look at something and I think, that's going to win an Oscar. Mm. And I've been right quite a lot of the times. You've been right an annoying and, amount of times. Yeah, but that bec- and that comes from the heart rather than the head. Now, I don't get it always right. (laughs) I'm not a pundit, though. I don't tend to look at the precursors like you do. Mm. Um, I'm somewhere in between a a pundit and a critic, I guess. A lover, that's what I am. Yeah, well, a lover of film. And it's going to be interesting because just to give you the listener a heads up, me and Craig don't know what each of us are predicting. So I have no idea what Craig's predicting. He has no idea what I'm predicting. We're going to run through all 23 categories. Um, we, ha- Particularly with the shorts, just want to give you a heads up. We haven't, um, I haven't seen all of them. I don't think Craig's seen many of them at all. But it would be unfair to not talk about them. I think you'd agree, Greg, just because we haven't got round to seeing them. They're Oscar-nominated bits of material. They're amazing pieces of work. They deserve to be honoured, in my opinion, as I've said previously on the show. All 23 categories um, should be presented live, but they're not yeah. going to be. So what we're going to do with our predictions is there's actually, Craig, eight categories at the Oscars that are going to be presented before the live telecast and then hmm. slotted into the main 
game telecast. And the idea of that is to cut out the walking up to the stage to maybe snip the speech down to something more bite-sized and manageable. Whether you agree with that or not, I could talk a lot about that. There's been all sorts of people kicking up a fuss about it, and I tend to agree with them. But what we're going to do is we're going to start by predicting with those eight categories that won't be shown live. And we're going to... I think that's I think that's very honourable. Sorry, am I, am I interrupting your script? Craig, you're, you're not interrupting me at all. This is going to be <laughs> this is going to be one of the more casual episodes. I feel like... Well, that's what I was hoping for. I was hoping to jump in there and have a little opinion and please, please. bounce off you there a little yeah, bit. Go ahead. Turn down the scriptedness, David. Let's live, <laughs> loosen up a little bit. Loosey goosey it. <laughs> Loosey goosey it a little bit. Like, yeah, I mean, those eight categories are no less than the other categories. Mm. Just because people seem to think, like, obviously, best picture, that's, you know, it, it's an, a, a big well rounder, isn't yeah. it? It encompasses everything. So everyone seems to think best picture is the best thing. But Really and truly, you couldn't do the Oscars without the score or without the hair and makeup Mm. and without certain sound and editing. And it baffles me completely and utterly that they would ignore them to the extent of broadcasting them live. And and it's a disgrace. And I I did read somewhere today that someone uh, has left being part of the academy it's a sound guy i yes. can't remember his name i haven't read it completely i just saw it as a headline and i thought you know what yeah dude nice well done like i i, I respect that decision um until the academy can recognize that every category is of equal value mm. people will start to 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 leave and um things will start to become messy i think yeah, well, I have, I have just briefly, I tend to have this opinion that the documentary shorts, if I listen to lots of other Oscar podcasts, and these are the ones that really trip people's ballots up. And these are the ones that the Academy, and I'm doing the quotation with bunny ears there, seem mm. to think that people are less interested in. So I think they didn't want to show those three categories live. Those three categories being best documentary short, best animated short film, and best live action short film. But that would have been too obvious, so they've thrown some other categories in. But they've thrown major categories in. Score, mm. editing, editing, sound. Take away sound, score and editing. You don't have a film, I'm afraid, unless it's, well, a very bizarre one and a very quiet one um, and a very unedited <laughs> one. Um, so I think we're, yeah. we're both singing off the same hymn sheet. Um, the other thing I do want to say is, as the degenerate that I am, I have included the betting odds in this uh, in this episode, and I've done that for two reasons. Mainly because it gives you an idea, the listener, of what is expected to win. And you, I mean, I'm personally not going to pick just favourites. I'm going to mix it up a little bit. Um, I'm sure Craig's going to throw some absolute wild ones in as well. And secondly, it also shows us where the money's going, the late money, who we think's going to win. And late money can be really informative when it comes to Oscars betting, particularly on Sunday. Um, was there anything else, dearest Craig, you wanted to say, or should we dive into the first category? Um, I, I wouldn't mind just taking a minute to um, just pay some respects to those that haven't been nominated. Um, Please do, yeah. Those big snubs that I think that should have been nominated. Um I didn't necessarily predict that maybe a couple of them I did predict that should have been nominated um, first of all probably one of the biggest ones here that you probably might not be expecting is Nicolas Cage for Pig um, 
what a film and what a performance that he's been snubbed for the last 20 years, I think. Probably rightly so um, for some of the more ridiculous things that he's done. But Pick was just came out of nowhere. Mm. And his performance in that is Oscar worthy. It is. It's award worthy. Um, so that was a big surprise for me. Um, Katrina Balfe for Belfast. Yes. Big snub there. Um, I do think Judy Dench getting in over her was a was ridiculous, to be fair. Mm. Uh, and we'll probably discuss that a bit more later on. DiCaprio for Don't Look Up. I I do feel he's missed out here. Um, uh, there's probably one or two people in that category that perhaps don't deserve to be there. And we'll discuss that again later. <laughs> Oh yeah, brutal, <laughs> B- brutal indeed. Uh, Bradley Cooper for Licorice Pizza, um, definitely a small supporting role there, but nonetheless, it was a cracking performance mm. and um, should have been nominated. Kate Blanchett though uh, for Nightmare Alley supporting supporting role. Whoa, what a miss there! Mm. Uh, what a sensational film. Um, uh, well, from her performance anyway. Uh, a really big snub there, and and finally Belfast for editing, um, big snub, yeah, big 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 snub. Yeah, I d- um, I, I didn't know yeah. you were going to say that, and I'm liking this unscripted David Long we've got on on the air today. I think you've made some great points, um, some certain snubs which we'll certainly touch more upon. And to touch upon the Nicolas Cage pig, people who've seen it really did push and campaign and try their best but for some reason the academy wasn't playing ball um it's not actually the academy do not like nicholas cage nicholas cage is actually in a new film where he's playing himself i don't know if you've seen the trailer i i have i'm um very much so looking forward to watching it 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 looks (laughs) it looks the most nicholas cage film i've ever seen um so it genuinely um could be fun but thanks craig for for bringing those points i think you've made some great points and yeah it it always what i love about the award season is we watch films all year round and early on in the season we think oh that could that be an oscar worthy could this get nominated and then we have the chaos of predicting and the dicaprio one i had him in my predictions he didn't get nominated but he also won an oscar for one of his not best performances. Uh, I think he, he's been better in other films, but I digress. Um, would you like to start with best original score? I mean, can we start with best picture? Uh, I mean, I'm joking. I'm joking, <laughs> David. I'm sorry. <laughs> Craig has literally just taken a dump on my preparation. Um, just to let you know, guys, best picture will be last. I thought we would save the best till last. I'm, yeah, no, David, it's fine. I, we can definitely start in the order that you want to go in, and best original score is absolutely fine. Right. Crack on. So, <laughs> I will give you the nominees for best original score, and I'll give you the betting odds as well. So, we have Hans Zimmer from Dune, one to four, Johnny Greenwood, the Power of the Dog, four to one. Jermaine Franco, Encanto, twelve to one. Nicholas Bratel, Don't Look Up, forty to one. And Alberto Iglesias, Parallel Mothers, sixty-six to one. Now I have some thoughts on this category. I don't think it's going to be a particularly inspired pick. I think we'll take it in turns of who goes first. Um, would you? You are the guest. Guests first. Craig, best original score. Some very fat. Well. Obviously, they're Oscar-nominated, so they're brilliant, but some really powerful scores here. I think it's a two-horse race, in my opinion. How do you assess this from where you're sitting? 
from where I'm sitting, I will just go out on a limb here and say that I haven't seen Parallel Mothers. It's mm. one that I really wanted to watch and never got around to seeing it this this week. Um, that's when I was pegged to go and see it. Mm. Um, same with a few other films as well and uh, and the documentary shorts as well. Apologise for not seeing them all. It has been a tough week. I've been very tired and keep falling asleep. No, it's absolutely fine. I have watched a few things though. Mm. Um but with this category, um, my pick, looking down this list, Dune, The Power of the Dog, Encanto, Don't Look Up, Parallel Mothers, um, the scores for me, the most powerful one was The Power of the Dog. Johnny Greenwood is absolutely fantastic. And and to have, oh, is it two films that he's worked on this year? Licorice Pizza and... and and the power of the dog spencer and spencer sorry spencer and the power of the dog not pizza are you sure he wouldn't didn't work for licorice pizza what was he doing doing up accepting an award then for pizza yeah when what do you mean when <laughs> you put me on the spot here I, I i believe he's nominated for um he's obviously nominated for the power of the dog but i believe he was <laughs> yeah. also um in he definitely did the score for for spencer he, I'm looking this up because okay. he definitely got up um, and accepted an award on behalf of Paul Thomas Anson. Um, I, f- I put that into my head that he did the score for Licorice Pizza because of that. Yeah, I could be very wrong. I, th- I think you might be wrong. We're just, we're just going to keep... Who scored Licorice Pizza? Johnny Greenwood. I was right. Um, <sighs> wow. <clears throat> so <laughs> I'm just making so, myself yeah, look so an idiot. <laughs> It's three films this year that Johnny Greenwood has done that have been nominated for Oscars um, in most categories of some sort. Um, The Power of the Dog, Spencer and Licorice Pizza. Um, But Licorice Pizza wasn't his strongest in that sense, but certainly The Power of the Dog and Spencer was incredible. Mm. And I think it missed out there. But can you nominate Johnny Greenwood for three films in one (laughs) category? Could you imagine just the Oscar goes to... Johnny Greenwood, Johnny Green, Johnny Greenwood. He is brilliant, and we've loved him for a, quite a long time. Mm. He is he is uh, a member of Radiohead, or was a member of Radiohead, and he's gone on to do some incredible scores for films. Um, your favourite? You gonna? Can you remember your favourite score from Johnny Greenwood? Uh, I can't remind me. You don't remember? Well, you'll have to remind me. You put me on the spot here. Who's running the show? Me or you? <laughs> <laughs> um, what's the one with? Um, it's the one that you listen to loads, David. Oh, what, with Joaquin Phoenix? Yeah. Yeah, I know the film you mean, but I can't remember what it's called. Um, there will be something. There. <laughs> Why can't we remember? There, yeah. He, 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 I mean, he's a magician. Um, with Joaquin Phoenix, what was it called? Oh, it was uh, uh, You Were Never Really Here, the film from 2018, which we absolutely adored. Oh, what a score that was. Absolutely. So, so my my prediction here is going to be Johnny Greenwood. Han, you can't beat Hans Zimmer in most things, mm. but if he had to, it's going to be this. It has to be. Yeah. Look, I think this is. I don't want to say it's caused me sleepless nights, but it has caused me sleepless nights. Um, oh, Have you got a bet on this one? I, I, I don't. Um, if that's incredible. If I look. Hans Zimmer is the short betting betting favorite at one to four, whereas Johnny Greenwood is four to one. So it's a you know it's a, it looks like a two horse race here. Um, mm. 
Zimmer did win the Globe, the Choice and the BAFTA. And that hand Zimmer score in Dune is incredible. But like you said, Johnny Greenwood has sort of got a multi-layered cake, so to speak, with lots of work he's done this year. Um, I'm going to stick with Hans Zimmer in score. I'm going to go with the betting favourite. Um, I think I think it is one of the... Um, but but it's really annoying because go back, I think, four or five weeks when I was on Mike, Mike and Oscar, I was predicting the power of the dog. And it all mm. depends on, and we'll get on to best picture later, it, all of this depends on what kind of night the power of the dog has. If the power of the dog starts winning things like score, cinematography, I think you can pencil it in for a best picture win. So I'm I'm going to oppose you just to play devil's advocate. So I'm going to say Hans Zimmer and Craig is saying Johnny Greenwood, the power of the dog. The next category is best makeup and hairstyling. The nominees are The Eyes of Tammy Faye, 1 to 2, Dune, 11 to 2, Cruella, 9 to 1, Coming to America, 16 to 1, and Paolo Gucci is 50 to 1 for House <laughs> of Gucci. Now, Again, when I was on Mike, Mike and Oscar, in this category, I was predicting um, House of Gucci to win this Oscar, but it was 9-1 to one then. It's now 50-1. to one. And if you understand betting, that basically means that nobody thinks it's going to win. Um, my... My my take on this is quite simple. The Eyes of Tammy Faye, that film relies heavily on makeup and hairstyling. Uh, again, it is the betting favourite, uh, and I think it will win. Also, I think if The Eyes of Tammy Faye doesn't win hair and makeup, I think Jessica Chastain might be in trouble in Actress. So that's another link you can play um, mm. to see how the Academy is taking to that film. But for me, it's going to be the eyes of Tammy Faye. I'd be fascinated to know, Craig, what you think will win in Best Makeup and Hairstyling. Well, luckily for you, David, I have seen every single one of these films. And uh, the eyes of Tammy Faye requ requires the hair and makeup because of the absurd look that Tammy has mm. and had throughout her life that the makeup was a was a, a a character element to her and Jessica uh Chastain that's correct isn't yes. it <laughs> <laughs> I've just got to double check my brain's not functioning correctly they're not getting enough blood oxygen around the body due to covid um <laughs> like it does uh, I didn't I didn't find the film very appealing. Um, I thought the performance was great, but the hair and makeup, I, I thought Cruella did the best job out of every single one of these films. Gucci was just ridiculous. And for a <laughs> film that has Gucci in the title, it wasn't very Gucci. Um, and I've, I've been saying that for a while. Coming to America is just ridiculous. Um, so it is sort of for me between Dune and, and Cruella in a way, wow. because they are they are the two films that I respect a lot more. Um, I I also didn't think Andrew Garfield's performance in The Eyes of Tammy Faye was was very good. I feel like he was a little bit miscast there. Um, but yeah, I it's <sighs> yeah for me. It, I'm going to say Cruella. Wow. I, I'm going to go out on a little bit of a limb there because for me, out of all of those hair and makeup, it was the better one. It was the best film out of them all, to be honest with you. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah, look, I mean, it's third favourite at nine to one. It's not an absolutely outrageous pick. Um, it's... It, it's unlikely but it is possible you know it would be a sh- it would be a shock it would be a surprise and i think it would probably mean that jessica chastain wouldn't win in best actress but there you have it eyes of tammy faye for me cruella for craig now on to a really important category and i can't stress this enough and the fact that this isn't being shown live and the results are going to be leaked on twitter and it could have a massive impact on the best picture race, I think is absolutely insane. Um, But we're on to best film editing. Um, The nominees are Dune, Even Money, King Richard, 9-4, The Power of the Dog, 100-30, Tick Tick Boom, 12-1, and Don't Look Up, 28-1. Did you go first or did I go first last time? I went first, so you'll go first this time. Um, okay. I have a few stats on this one, and I'm coming at this with quite an analytical head. Um, I think I know where you're going to go here, because I think there's a standout film that has the best editing, and it's not one of the favourites, but I'd be fascinated to know what your pick for best film editing is. Um, so my pick here is Tick, Tick, Boom. Um, I thought I think you probably know that. Yeah. Um, for me, it is the best edited film on this list um there is a lot of excellent edits that go on with this film i like the way that the story progresses um that can only be achieved by the way that it's been edited um i i don't understand why don't look up is here um to be honest with you i don't see it as as a as a brilliantly edited film um and the same for king richard um i feel like those are the two weaker films here um Power of the Dog is beautifully shot, mm. so cinematography-wise, fantastic. Editing-wise, it's a slow-paced film. Um, the story is less of a fast-paced western um, of the typical genre um, and more of a, a slow-paced melodrama, and that comes from the edit. Yeah. And you know, whilst that, it suits this kind of film. It's not. It's not an edit that I would say is creative enough to award it with best film editing. Mm. Tick Tick Boom is the one that I would give the award to because I feel like it had so much creativity involved, um, and it's a wonderfully edited film. But Belfast, for me, is the big snub in this category, and it would be the one that I would suggest would win. I would take Don't Look Out out, mm. and I would have put Belfast in, and I would have put my money on Belfast because of the way it is so beautifully shot mm. and so not just cinematography wise but the the way that the camera moves the way that it's it crosses between color and black and white and all of the other elements of the film that that happens during an edit yeah um those are the things to, to me that stand out um those are the things that should be awarded um, it, I'm surprised that some of the well, you've got some stats here. To be honest with mm. you, so I'll tell you what, you come in here now. But my, but my choice is Tick Tick Boom. Well, yeah, it's it's interesting you you pick Tick Tick Boom. So we had the Ace Eddies, which is like the the main the main editing award, um, and mm. the Ace Eddie drama went to King Richard, and the Ace Eddie comedy and musical actually went to Tick Tick Boom. So. Tick Tick Boom is an Ace Eddie winner, so it's not a ludicrous shout by any means. This is where the picture gets really messy. Editing at BAFTA went to No Time to Die, 
not nominated. And editing at Critics' Choice went to West Side Story, not nominated. So really, it looks like a three-horse race between Dune, King Richard and The Power of the Dog. Now, Dune has been the strong betting favourite for months and months in this category, but just hasn't been winning. Ace Eddie Drama, King Richard. Ace Eddie Comedy Musical, uh, Tick, Tick, Boom. And then you've obviously, sorry, it's four-horse race. You've got The Power of the Dog in the middle as well there. I'm actually going to agree with you here, Craig. Um, wow. I... For two reasons. One, it's an Ace Eddie winner, so I think you can back your your opinion up with some strong evidence. And two, I think it's the best edited film in the lineup. I really, really do. Um, mm. What I would say is if The Power of the Dog wins editing, um, expect the betting lines to change dramatically for Best Picture because if The Power of the Dog wins editing, I think that's a real sign of strength. And yeah. I, I would be very surprised if The Power of the Dog won editing and didn't go on to win Best Picture. But we're in agreement there. And I think 12 to 1 is an interesting price, Craig. You put on £10, you win 120 you get £130 back, and we'd be going out for Anandos. Um, let's, <laughs> cheeky, cheeky. let's move on to Best Sound. Um, and this is one of the categories that I, I really do think is pretty locked up. Uh, and I've been predicting this particular category for a certain film for quite some time and the nominees are dune one to five west side story seven to one no time to die 16 to one the power of the dog 22 to one and belfast 33 to one um i can't remember who went first last time so i'm just going to wing it as we go along i'm going to go first this time i think the I think this is a two two horse race. For me, the best two films of the year when it comes to sound are Dune and No Time to Die. Um, Dune is one to five, meaning you've got to put say five pounds on to win a pound. So the bookmakers consider that the strong betting favourite. No Time to Die did win, like I said, film editing at BAFTA, and film editing and sound are quite strongly linked. So. I'm tempted to predict No Time to Die at 16 to 1 and throw a real Hail Mary. Um, and I'm going to make my final decision after I've heard from you, dear Craig. For you, I think you've seen all of these. I think you saw a couple of these in the IMAX. What had the best sound and what deserves to win the Oscar and what do you think will win the Oscar? Yeah, this is a tough one for me in terms of in terms of sound. There's no nothing really standing out this year in some senses as what happened last year we had a you know the sound of metal wasn't yeah. there last year that 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 won and that had a really clear creative dynamic sound choice it was part of the narrative the way it wove its technical abilities in with the with the actual story was incredible here sound is very different and with Dune, it's it's in it's in it's woven in a different way. The sound here, it's the the sound of the dunes, the sound of the footsteps in in the sand, and the way that they recorded all of those things is is technically very intriguing and 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 quite brilliant. Um, West Side Story, it's in the music, obviously. Um, and then the way that they, they, they record the audio and, and, and the music and the singing and all of that sort of stuff and the dancing and capturing all of that audio and that sound to mix in with the, with the main sound, it, it, it's good. But it's for me, it's not the strongest. 
No Time to Die was incredible in the IMAX yeah. um, and the sound mixing and sound design and all of that sort of stuff was brilliant. Now, it obviously, this category is, is such a strange category that it's just mixed uh, into one category now with sound mixing and sound editing and being all part of the same thing. They are two different things. Um, yeah. However, it does make this choice easier in a sense because... You can you can analyze sound as a whole and say which one was the overall best. And for me, really and truly, it is going to be June. I think yeah. um, not just because it's the betting choice, but the way the, the effort went into capturing all sounds and then mixing it into the story into the edit. It it was profoundly done in such a way. But the budget was so high when you can compare that to Belfast that didn't have possibly such a high budget as Dune. Um, I still think Belfast had a, a fantastic uh, sound quality mm. to it. You know, it's nostalgic in a way. Um, so, yeah, for, for me, those are the two best with No Time to Die coming in third there, I think. Um, but, yeah, my choice is going to be Dune. Yeah, definitely. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to stick with Dune as well. Um, looking back at my original Oscar picks, which I made on the nomination day, I had Dune winning three Oscars. Sound was one of them. So I'm going to stick with Dune in sound. Uh, let's move on to the next category where Dune is the betting favourite again, and that's production design. And uh, the nominees are Dune, which is four to nine, Nightmare Alley, 11 to four, West Side Story, 14 to one, The Power of the Dog, 20 to one, and The Rank Outsider is The Tragedy of Macbeth at 40 to one. And for me, this is... This is quite a... I mean, the betting would suggest it's between Dune and Nightmare Alley. And every sort of commentary I've read, most podcasts I listen to, tend to think that's the case. Um, so for me, it's a, a race between those two films. And I'm going to go with Dune. And on the back of a, a stat that I heard recently... Um, Critics' Choice went to Dune, and the last eight years, the Critics' Choice winner in production design has gone on to win the Oscar. Um, mm. So I just think Dune's the betting favourite. It has the precursors behind it. Um, it's an Oscars nomination juggernaut. It's going to win, you would think, at least three Oscars, but anywhere from three to six is what the punditry is saying. Some have it m maybe, a, maybe seven. Um so for me, it's Dune. I know you were a big fan of Nightmare Alley and the production design in that. Do you think Nightmare Alley could cause a surprise here? What are you going for? It, it's tough. It's tough because my standout production design is probably the tragedy of Macbeth. Yeah, I, I because agree. Of the way, because of the way it's shot and the cinematography and all of that, the, the, design, the production design... I feel like it's being left behind here because of it's such clean clinical lines that you get from from some of the locations and it, it, people might be wondering how much production design has gone into this, which is why it's maybe lost. But it's been nominated, and I I truly believe it was one of the standout ones. Uh, and then Dune, Tragedy Macbeth should be number one here. Followed by June, then Nightmare Alley, and Nightmare Nightmare Alley was was good. Um, it it did have some of the better scene stealing production designs, I suppose, in the sense that you know there's a fun fair and 
it all looks very realistic and there's some very fun elements to some of these rides slash amusements that are going on there. Um, you saw Nightmare, Nightmare Alley, didn't you? I did, yeah. Um, I was impressed with the production design. Yeah, it was really good. That traveling it was Carnival, um, quite astounding, really, the production values yeah. on that film. But, but I, I have a, a great love for the tragedy of Macbeth and <laughs> you can't predict I, that 40 I, to 1 <laughs> I, I I can't predict it at 40 to 1 but let it be known that I think it should it should be nominated or it is nominated but it should win something but it doesn't look like it will this year will it mm. but <laughs> hmm. um, if it was to win anything I would have hoped production design or cinematography would have been the two yeah. we'll talk um, cinematography later I want to reiterate what Craig is saying I think the tragedy of Macbeth at 40 to 1 is insulting. I think this should be much shorter in the betting. I think this should be taken very seriously in production design and cinematography, but I can't predict it to win um, because I don't think it will win the Oscar. But I it, look, if it did win the Oscar, I would be delighted because I think mm. the, the production values on the tragedy of Macbeth are astounding. And I don't, uh, you know, trust me, I, I use that word understanding the magnitude of, of, of its meaning. It's brilliant. Yeah. So if I'm to guess correctly, to be honest with you, it's going to be a very hard one because obviously without looking at the precursors and you've put it there for me, but I, you know, Dune is the one that should be winning, mm. but I'm going to go with Nightmare Alley. Wow. I am going to go with Nightmare Alley. Wow. Has to win something. Look, it's, it's not an outrageous pick, Craig. It's the second favorite. There's been... You know, I can't remember what I had. I'm um, just looking at my notes there. I don't seem to have production design. No, I did. I, production design I've had as Dune since it was nominated. So I'm going to stick with Dune. Craig's gone for Nightmare Alley. It's not an outrageous um, pick. Um, and look, it's going to be fascinating to see. Are you making a note of this? Are you are you typing down who's... I am indeed. Yeah. Perfect. So we're we're gonna we're gonna hold each other to account. Um, and just want to say this publicly: if Craig beats me, I will be retiring from Road to the Oscars, and Craig will be presenting it next year. Um, as I will clearly be a bald fraud. <laughs> um, so that's I think five of the eight categories that will be presented before the show. The next three are all of the shorts, um, documentary short, best animated short film, and best live action short film. Um. I haven't seen all of these. I have seen some of them. Um, so let's start with best documentary short. The Queen of Basketball is the betting favourite at four to five. Three songs for Benazir, seven to four. Audible is 11 to two. Lead Me Home is 25 to one. And When We Were Bullies is 33 to one. Um, now I'm going to start with this because I have seen uh, three of these documentaries. The first one, Three Songs for Benazir, um, is about a Afghan couple um, living in a, a camp for displaced persons in Kabul. And it's on Netflix. I'd just like to say that Three Songs with Benazir, Audible and Lead Me Home are all on Netflix. So Netflix is really strong in this category. Three Songs with Benazir honestly broke my heart. It was just, without giving too much away, a, a tragic tale on so many different levels. Um, really, really broke me down. Um, Audible was a documentary short about a community of deaf students at a deaf uh, high school in America and a deaf um, American football team. 
heartbreaking, inspiring, uplifting. And then Lead Me Home was about homelessness in California. Um, so this is a category that actually does interest me. I haven't seen The Queen of Basketball or When We Were Bullies yet. I am going to try and watch them before Oscars Sunday. But my my pick here is Audible. Um, why? Well, firstly, I absolutely adored it. I thought it was... It's so cinematic, Craig, in the way it's shot. I actually watched it for a second time with my parents and they asked me, is this a documentary? And I was like, yes, it's just very cinematic in the way it's shot. But the subject matter is incredible. And I think, and this is my theory, in a year where the deaf community is getting publicity and they're in the spotlight because of Coda and Troy Kotzer and Marley Matlin and all of the other fantastic deaf actors and actresses in that film... I just think that boosts Audible's chances of doing well at the Oscars. Now, that's a theory that I sort of made up. It's a theory that I think other people have conned on to as well. This idea of the deaf community being really supported. Um, yes. and, and look, it's the third favourite at 11 to 2. I, you put £2 on, you win 11, you get 13 back. So it's the third favourite. I'm not going with the favourite here. Um, I think I think Audible is the best documentary but look lead me home is also a fascinating doc because it's about homelessness in california and the the academy obviously the awards are in los angeles and there is this is there a narrative where people know and understand the epidemic of homelessness in parts of america and they want to support the campaign and raise awareness and do they vote for leave me home so i wouldn't put you off a, a sprinkle as we would say on leave me home but for me um that's a hopefully came across as quite passionate because i'm very passionate about those three films but for me it's audible um do you want to make a prediction here or are you do you just I have seen I have seen when we were bullies. Okay. And I wasn't too impressed with what the filmmaker was trying to do here. Obviously making a film about when he was a bully in school and going back and interviewing people about what he did and trying to get the person that he bullied on his film. It was very bizarre and very self-righteous in a way mm. and I I I wasn't very impressed with it um, and was quite surprised to see it nominated, to be honest with you, um, for a documentary short here, or for a best documentary short. I don't think that's going to win. Um, the Queen of Basketball, I had started watching. Now, off the back of just started watching something, I haven't seen it all the way through. Can I make a prediction on that? No, I really shouldn't. <laughs> um, however, it is, from what I've seen very good like mm. very very good and, and it's the favorite so it's a safe and it's bit. the favorite now do i want to play it safe or do i want to go with what you've said david because what you said was very passionate and very instinctive and i like the narrative so yes i'm going to go with audible there fantastic go. and i'm look i'm willing to be on the record and be proven wrong but i am i have convinced myself quite horrifically that audible will win this category um so both me and craig are going for audible let's move on to best animated short the nominees are robin robin one to two bestia five to one the windshield wiper six to one box ballet seven to one and affairs of the art 22 to one now i'm gonna go first here and the only one i've seen of these animated shorts and again i do apologize you know, I haven't done badly on Road to the Oscars. I've got a strong opinion on 20 of 
well, 21 of 23 categories. I have seen Robin Robin. It is available on Netflix, and it's this adorable little film about a robin that falls out of its nest and is adopted by a family of mice. Um, and the robin actually believes he's a mouse, and then there's this sort of wonderful journey as he, in fact, discovers he is a bird. Um, I was surprised this was nominated for an Oscar when I watched it. I said on Andrew Morgan's The Nomcast when I reviewed it, it didn't strike me as an Oscar-nominated kind of film. So when Mm. I saw it as the betting favourite, and a strong betting favourite, well, relatively strong, one to two, two pound on to win a pound, you get three back. So you're paying more money than you're getting in return, but you're still obviously making a profit. I was baffled. So I'm not going to go for Robin Robin. Um... I'm going to go for the second favourite, Bestia. And the only reason I'm going for this is I listen to a lot of other podcasts, uh, listen to Twitter spaces with Clayton Davis. He's been talking a lot about Bestia, about how um, it's quite a shocking um, short film. It's, I believe it's quite gruesome and this kind of stuff, and it might grab people's attention. I keep hearing it named. It's second favourite. I wasn't a fan of a huge fan of Robin Robin, so I'm going for Bestia. Are you just are you gonna play it safe here, Craig, and go Robin Robin? Uh no, I'm gonna copy you. <laughs> I'm listening to the expert and I'm gonna I'm gonna follow you. We're going down, down that. in the ship together. So both me and Yeah, you. I'm doing that. I'm doing that because I haven't seen any of those and Are you sure and you don't wanna go I'm... Robin Robin and play it safe? Because this could be a this could make or break your ballot. You know what? It's fine because you know if you get it wrong, then I get it wrong, and if I get it wrong, you get we'll it wrong. We'll look so, like um, idiots together, and we will keep together. we will keep exactly. this very very short because best live action short film. I haven't actually seen any of them. Um, the long goodbye is the betting favorite at four to nine. Um, Ala Kachu take and run is a hundred to thirty. The dress ten to one. On my mind twelve to one, and please hold fourteen to one. I'm going to go for the long goodbye simply because it's the betting favourite and also it's made by Riz Ahmed um, and actually stars Riz Ahmed. He had a fantastic year last year with The Sound of Metal. I think he will be fresh in the Academy's mind and I believe his name will also be on the ballot paper. And look, we haven't seen them. And just to make myself feel a little bit better and you, Craig, Hmm. a lot of Academy members don't watch these either. Which may surprise you. Yeah, it's upsetting to hear, isn't it, really? It, it, it is upsetting. It is upsetting. Um, also, I was listening to, just to p- plug this in quickly, I was listening to Clayton Davis, and he said he'd spoken to Academy members who actually didn't even get through the power of the dog because of its pace. So if anyone out there is going, this isn't good enough, you should have watched the shorts, well, if the Academy doesn't, then I don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> no, David, you should be a better person. I'm, I'm uh, obviously long, joking. I mean, I mean, the long goodbye is available on um, that post that I wrote. Mm. Um, you can watch the entire thing on there right now. Oh, really? Uh, well, yeah, well, I should yeah. know that because you did the post. Obviously, I've, I've read it and studied it. Um, no, no. Look, for next year's Road to the Oscars, and I said this last year, I would like to be better with the shorts, and they do make and break your ballot, so if you can watch them, and if you do have any opinions on these, do let us know. But I'm going for the long goodbye. I'm going to play it uber, uber safe. Um, and, Craig, are you going to follow in? Follow me in again? 
For the long goodbye, yeah. I certainly am. Superb. So two for the long goodbye. And let's move on. That's the first eight categories that won't be presented to documentary feature. Now, this is a a, a really intriguing category. Summer of Soul is the betting favourite at one to two. Flea, history-making Flea, is three to one. Attica, 20 to 1. Ascension, 25 to 1. And Writing with Fire, 33 to 1. Um... Me and Craig were due to go and enjoy cheese boards together and watch Flea, but COVID struck, so I still haven't seen it. Um, I'm going to explain to you, firstly, why I think Flea will win, and it's, mm. and it's simply this. Flea is nominated in three categories, Best International Film, Best Animated Feature, and Best Documentary Feature. I cannot imagine a world where Flea is nominated for three Oscars and goes home empty-handed... All of the pre, most of the precursors, I haven't written them down, would suggest Summer of Soul. It is the betting favourite, but I think Flea is good value at three to one. Um, it's a bet that would interest me, so I'm going to go against the favourite. I think Flea will win one out of three. I think if it's going to win a category, it has to win it here. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to, not a hail mary, but I'm going to throw a curveball uh, and go for Flea at three to one, Craig. What are you thinking in Doc Feature? Well, I, I know Summer of Soul is available on Disney Plus, and I do want to watch it. Um, I haven't as of yet. Flea, obviously, I wanted to watch on Monday with you. That didn't happen due to the old Rona. <laughs> um, so I, I haven't seen any of these in this category. I have watched trailers, etc. so I know exactly what the films are about in some respects. Obviously, a trailer does not do it justice. However, going off the back of a trailer... Um, Flea was the one that really intrigued me yeah. in, in the sense of the way it's spreading itself across three different categories um, and the way that it's telling its story is so unique and brilliant. Um, for a documentary, it's intriguing. Mm. And looking at it from the other category point of views, I don't think it would do it in those categories. Documentary is the one where I think it will win and that is why I'm going to follow suit and put my initial initial next to your initial. For that category. And also, um, I hate to touch upon it, but the the nature of this documentary fleeing, um, we're seeing this now. It's happening now in this world, now with Ukraine. And I think that will play mm. on people's minds. Um, and I did just want to say a shout out to Loreline who, who tweeted me to say, you know, Oscars are important and it's good fun, but there are more important things in the world. And that's why me and Craig are having uh, a bit of fun with this. And we also put a, um, a, a sort of an, a little note at the, the end of the last, the start of the last show to say we are fully supporting the people of Ukraine. Um, that wasn't the last show. That was a show before that. The show before that. There you go. All before that. One of the shows. I think it was, I, I, <laughs> look, I don't know. There's been so much road to the Oscars. Um, but whilst we're here, let's just very quickly then just reiterate that point yeah. that we do support uh, the people of Ukraine. Uh, we stand with them. We 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 send uh, our love and support. Um, I personally have donated to the Red Cross um, and um, will continue to uh, try and raise certain funds for for for, for people that need it mm. and and do what I can um, to help in those places. Um, it's a travesty what's going on and, and we want you all to know that what is going on is totally inappropriate, totally wrong and whilst we have the ability to speak openly about it, that's what we should do and that is what we're doing. 
couldn't agree more. Um, I reiterate and emphasise everything that Craig has just said. Um, let's move on to best adapted screenplay. Um, this this is a mind-boggling category, and I'll explain a little mm. bit as to why when we get into some analysis on the precursors. But let me give you the nominations and the betting. Uh, Coda is actually the betting favourite now, four to six. The Power of the Dog is two to one. The Lost Daughter, twelve to one. Drive My Car, thirty-three to one, and Dune, sixty-six to one. I probably should have said this at the top of the show, but these betting prices come from OddsChecker.co.uk or OddsChecker.com, one of the two. So these are the best prices across all of the books. Um, Craig, I'll let you go first here because basically the precursors for this have been chaotic. Um, I mean, completely crazy, and the power of the dog was looking like winning this category, but Coda has sort of jumped in from the top rope after it won BAFTA at 14 to 1. It then won WGA, the Writers Guild of America. That makes it the betting favourite. But th- th- this this is so such an important category because I think whoever wins adapted screenplay will probably win best picture. Um or have I got it wrong, Craig? Do you think something like The Lost Daughter or Drive My Car or could Dune, the unadaptable book, cause an absolute shocker at 66 to 1? Yeah, I mean, Dune being at 66 to 1, whatever that means, it's probably the, the worst one to pick, I suppose. Yes. Um, <laughs> well, it means if you put £10 on, you'd win £660. You'd win a lot of money. So in other words... One in 66, so every 66 years, Dune might win, or every 67 years. So it's very unlikely. I I would say that Dune, at 66 to 1, I mean, it's, it's, it's a bit ridiculous that it's right at the bottom, seeming as it is the um, hardest thing to adapt, and I felt like Denny Villeneuve did an absolute sensational job of doing that. Um, Coda is a lovely film. I don't think it's like the best film ever. Um, I think it's done some amazing things mm. um, and it's well suited at Apple TV plus. My, my observation, however, is that Dune is the best adapted screenplay and it should, it should be the winner, but it keeps, seems to be going to, to, to dog and to Coda and, and it, for me, it, I don't know. I don't seem to be much of a fan of the power of the dog, am I? Well, I, I can already tell. With so you're not predicting um, dog, or I I think you're going to predict something outside of dog and coda to win picture, which would be fa- fascinating. I think there's only one film that could potentially beat it. I think the best picture winner will will come from this adapted screenplay, and I think it's a two horse race. Um, uh, a lot of punditry, a lot of film Twitter um, seem to suggest that Coda wasn't the best adapted screenplay. Look, Coda was like third or fourth in the betting. Mm. Coda was 14 to 1 to win the BAFTA. That was a huge shock. It then run the Writers Guild of America. Um, I can't remember if I've given my selection, but oh, this is so difficult for me and I haven't actually decided. I want to know what you're going through first so I can pick mine after. I'm just going to go out on a, on a whim here and just say The Lost Daughter and just say that. I'm wrong. <laughs> I'm probably wrong. But I... um, Do you know what? Um, I, I, I don't want to say who, but somebody 
who I know listens to this show, has had a bet on the Lost Daughter, and they've got a really good price, and they will win a decent amount of money if it comes in. So the Lost Daughter is not an an outrageous pick. As for me, it's, it's a coin flip between The Power of the Dog and Coda, and I'm sort of giving away who I think will win Best Picture because I've just said how important this category is for Best Picture. But on the back of winning BAFTA, on the back of winning the WGA and this sort of CODA train and the momentum it's on, I'm going to go CODA uh, in this category. Okay. Would you like to move on? Yes, please. <laughs> Best original screenplay. Licorice Pizza is the even money favourite. Belfast is six to four. Don't look up seven to one. The worst person in the world, 28 to one. And King Richard, 30 to 1. Um, again, the Writers Guild of America caused chaos here because Don't Look Up won original screenplay. Um, Belfast beat Pizza, Dog, and Don't Look Up at Globe, but Pizza won, Balf- Pizza won BAFTA and Belfast won Choice. So for someone like me who follows the precursors, this makes this... An absolutely mind-boggling category. Um, <laughs> I, I really don't know what to pick. I, I'm um, just going to do it very quickly right now and say Belfast. There you go. Well, I, I, and I, do you know what? I'm getting a an inkling as to what you might predict to win Best Picture and cause a surprise. Um, for me, um, and again, I do know somebody else who's had a bet on the worst person in the world at twenty-eight to one. Um, look. I don't. I. It seems to be a race between Licorice Pizza and Belfast. Craig has gone for Belfast, but I'm going to throw. And this is where I could. This is this is the problem here. I could start losing on the ballot to you, which really does worry me. Um, but I'm going to go for Don't Look Up. Um, it won the writers. It won. It won the Writers Guild of America, and I just think that gives it a little, a little boost. I think that. Um, that voting body crosses over into the academy, and look, it's 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 a seven to one shot. It's unlikely. I'm going against Pizza and Belfast. I'm going with Don't Look Up. Um, let's move on to cinematography. Um, we sort of touched upon this category earlier when we were talking about the production design. This is a category where Dune is favourite again at one to eight. The Power of the Dog is the second favourite at five to one. The Tragedy of Macbeth is third in the betting at 14 to one. West Side Story, 25 to one. And Nightmare Alley, 50 to one. Um, I thought the cinematography was brilliant in Dune. But in my opinion, the cinematography in The Power of the Dog was better. And the best cinematography of the year um, was The Tragedy of Macbeth. Um, I've been saying that all along. Uh, I think the cinematography in The Tragedy of Macbeth is absolutely gorgeous. Craig, heart aside, what's your... Well, you, you can say what your heart pick is, but are you, are you going to play it safe and go Dune in cinematography? Or are you going to... No, 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 absolutely not. <laughs> if, if I could just quickly put these in the order that I think is the best cinematography it's the tragedy of Macbeth so I am putting that I am saying that then I think it goes Nightmare Alley which I think actually has an absolute stonking cinematography going on there it's absolutely incredible Uh, not quite as good as the tragedy of Macbeth because it's just so different the tragedy of Macbeth it's just a work of art it genuinely is Um, 
And that's what you're rewarding it for. You're, you're rewarding every single frame of that film is a piece of art. Uh, and then I think it's The Power of the Dog after Nightmare Alley. Then I think it's Dune. And then I think it's West Side Story. And there's nothing against Dune. I just think the science, sci, the sci-fi element from Denis Villeneuve, he's done it before in terms of cinematography. He's been very impressive. Um, I just don't think there's anything too wild in there. There's nothing that makes it stand out like between dune and night um and west side story they're two very similar cinematography elements to it like the the look and feel of it isn't doesn't doesn't cause me to to just be like gushing over it um like the tragedy of macbeth i gush over it because it is just incredible um and i think it's the same for nightmare alley i think it's got that moodiness to it um it works. It just works. The power of the dog. You know what? It. You know, maybe Dune is better than the power of the dog in some respects. Um, it's tricky. Those two are my, might be a little bit interchangeable in my head. Um, so yeah, it is the tragedy of Macbeth every day of the week for me. You're going to put that on the ballot as well. I'm putting it on the ballot. Yeah. Wow. Because that's the one that I want. That's the one I want. That's the one that I know technically, cinematography wise, is the best one. So why not? Yeah. Now. I actually went on Mike, Mike and Oscar four or six weeks ago and tipped the tragedy of Macbeth. Um, but I'm going to jump ship. Um, I'm going to go to, I'm going to go to Dune. Um, and the reason being is I'm putting my analytical hat on. Um, ASC went to Dune. That's the American society of cinematographers. BAFTA went to Dune as well, but power of the dog did win critics choice now i did just want to mention that ari wegner is looking to become the first woman ever to win an oscar for cinematography so who do i think will win dune who do i want to win the tragedy of macbeth or the power of the dog simply because it would make history um but i'm sticking with dune so put a d next to dune and a c next to the tragedy of macbeth i will spit feathers if the tragedy of macbeth wins at 14 to 1 and i've jumped ship let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> i will i'll be absolutely furious but i am playing it safe in that category let's move on to best costume design where i I will read the nominees and the betting, but I already know what Craig's going to pick. Um, Cruella is the betting favourite at one to four. Dune is second favourite at four to one. West Side Story, 16 to one. Cyrano, 30 to one. And Nightmare Alley, 40 to one. I'm going to start with Craig um, because I'm, I think I know what he's going to pick, but I'm fascinated to see what he might pick. Well, I've gone for Cruella, of course. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Well, did, well, did you did you think that? Yeah, I did think you'd go for Cruella because I believe you put Cruella in production design as well. No, not uh, um, hair and makeup. Hair and makeup. Yeah. yeah. So I knew you would go for Cruella here. So that would make two-time Oscar nominee, two-time Oscar winner Cruella if Craig's predictions are right. I'm throwing one of my biggest and my arms are waving one of my biggest hail marys of the night. West Side Story. I think the costumes in West Side Story 
are one of the best features of that film. Ariana DeBose with that iconic yellow dress. It's the colours pop. The the dresses are amazing. What the men wear is amazing. I think it looks visually incredible. 16 to 1 is just a huge price. And I'm predicting a massive upset. I think West Side Story will win the Oscar for best costume design. And we're all going to be rich along the way. Just to say, Craig... See, this is where Craig comes back into the race, because I'm assuming I'm going to win, but Craig's going for the favourite here in Cruella. Cruella won the BAFTA and the Critics' Choice. It's the betting favourite. Craig's playing it safe with Cruella. I'm going Hail Mary with West Side Story. Let's move on to the next category, which, if Craig doesn't pick Jane Campion in this, he has had some sort of episode, because Jane Campion has won everything. She's swept. She's won Globe, BAFTA, DGA, uh, Critics' Choice, where she made that... um, Pretty terrible speech where she seemingly offended the uh, Williams sisters. But quickly, the betting. Jane Campion is 1 to 33. That means you have to put on £33 to win a pound. So if you were to put on £1, you'd win about three pence. So that is puts in perspective how much of a favourite she is. Kenneth Branagh is second favourite at 20 to 1. Steven Spielberg 25 to 1. Paul Thomas Anderson 33 to 1. And Ryosuke Hamaguchi 40 to 1. So yeah, 99p on Jane Campion would win you three pence. Um Campion, <laughs> so do you see what I'm saying there? You have to put a lot of money on. It's not worth the risk, in my opinion. Jane Campion will win. Jane Campion is my prediction. Um, and it's it's possible. We'd live in a world, Craig, where um, the power of the dog leads the way off the top of my head with 12 nominations, I think. It could go home with just one for Campion. Do you, Are you going to throw one of the most outrageous things ever to be said on my podcast and go against Jane Campion? Yes, yes, I am, and and it's you because I, 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 well, I can. And <laughs> <laughs> the reason being is that, like you said earlier on, not all of the voters got through the power of the dog. Now, I, I believe strongly that a lot of people will resonate. A lot of the voters will resonate with Kenneth Branagh's Belfast. I have a feeling that people will look at that film and sympathise with the the semi-autobiographical nature of this film and it deserves to win i well i think kenneth branagh deserves to win sorry jane not saying jane campion doesn't deserve to win however i felt that the power of the dog wasn't isn't the best directed film here I think Kenneth Branagh has done a stellar job with Belfast. I think he's created something very special and it deserves to be recognised for that. And I am going to throw that spanner in the works. I am putting my initial next to Kenneth Branagh. I mean, he's got my vote. I'm sort of lost for words, really. It would be, I mean, in terms of the betting, she it's the most slam dunk win of the night according to the betting markets, according to all the experts, all the pundits, all the precursors. If Kenneth Branagh wins the Oscar, Craig is the second coming because this is one of the... I'm probably wrong. I'm probably wrong. Well, you are wrong. But you know what? I, I, I want to be right. And I want to be right because he deserves the win. He deserves not to be recognised at the BAFTAs. <laughs> mm. Like, like, well, sorry, he doesn't deserve not to be recognised at the BAFTAs at, at the very least. So let it be known, Kenneth, 
if you're listening, I've put I've put my initial against your name to win best director because you deserve it, mate. There you go. Well, I'm not I'm not keeping a tally. But I am. You've you've given Belfast some really major. I mean, I think you gave it screenplay and director. So I think Craig's probably going to pick Belfast to win best picture. Um, look, this is why I like having Craig on because he's completely bonkers when it comes to the Oscars. I'm sticking with Jane Campion. Craig's throwing a hail mary. Craig, please have ten pounds on it um, because if that lands two hundred pounds again, cheeky Nando's. Uh, let's move on to. <laughs> Best visual effects. Now, again, we talk about Jane Campion being a really, really strong favourite. Um, mm. I think there's a, again, there's a very strong favourite here, and I think there's a, a clear winner. Um, Dune is one to sixteen. Spider Man: No Way Home twelve to one. Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings fourteen to one. Oscar nominated Free Guy. I bet you never thought you'd hear <laughs> that. Thirty three uh-huh. to one. And no time to die, thirty-three to one. I'm going to go first here. Um, looking back at my original picks, which I made Mike and Mike and Oscar, I had Dune winning three Oscars: VFX, sound, and production design. Um, I'm sticking with Dune in VFX. Um, I think the special effects, Craig, in Dune are incredible. Uh, I think it's one of the film's sort of. Um, What's that thing? Unique selling is what's the USP? USP. It's USP. I mean. It's unique selling. It's point. unique selling point is its visual effects. Um, I think you have to after making the outrageous prediction of Kenneth Branagh, but it does worry me because I think what if Craig's right? Because I will never hear the end of it. Are you playing it safe here and going with June? No, I'm not. I'm actually, I'm actually going with Spider-Man: No Way Home because this is the film <laughs> that has probably been most widely seen by literally every single person. Dune's not for everyone. Mm. However, Spider-Man seems to be <laughs> that film that everybody wanted to go and see. It's the film that seemingly saved cinema in a way. The film that we thought Tenet would be. You know, this Spider-Man: No Way Home has a lot of special effects, like. An incredible amount. Um, visual effects are a strange one as well because obviously it's not just computer-generated visual effects. That it goes hand in hand with practical visual effects. And Spider-Man: No Way Home has a lot of practical effects going on in it as well, uh, as I'm sure Dune has. But for the film that has single-handedly played a blinder in terms of box office numbers. Spider-Man No Way Home deserves a little bit of loving at the Oscars. Um, and uh, I will get my vote in terms of winning best visual effects. He's gone mad, folks. It's happening live on air. Craig Fields is losing the plot. Um, tw- it's COVID. <laughs> 20 to 1 Kenneth Branagh, 12 to 1 Spider-Man No Way Home. But it's interesting, Craig, f- from a betting perspective, if you were to chuck a couple of pounds on some of these long shots, you only need one of them to win and you would turn a profit. Um, let's move on to, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to argue with you. You're, 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 you're selling it. I mean, I think you're totally wrong with going against Campion and Dune. And I, I, Daren't, on my hands are on my head. I don't listen back to this if Craig is right, because honestly, I will never hear the end of it. Um, 
Best international feature um, looks, again, pretty locked up. Um, Drive My Car is the 1-16 to betting favourite. Flea is the second favourite at 10-1. to The worst person in the world, 12-1. to Lunana, a yak in the classroom, 33-1. to And The Hand of God, 45-1. to um, I'll go first here. Everything would suggest Drive My Car will win. It's also a Best Picture nominated film. Um, there are some stats out there. I know... There have been films, I believe, that have been nominated in both. Actually, I'm not 100% sure on that, so I won't say it. What I'm trying to say <laughs> is, yeah, your facts, right? <laughs> is Drive My Car is nominated for Best Picture and Best International Feature Film. I would be very, very, very surprised if it didn't win Best International Feature Film. I have heard rumours and chat and there is speculation that Flea could surprise in this category, but it's more likely if there is to be an upset to come from the worst person in the world at 12 to 1. But I'm playing it yep. safe. Uh, I want to beat Craig. I'm going for drive my car. I'm I'm doing the same, David. I'm doing the same, um, but mainly because I haven't seen any of these, but mm. I have read a lot about them. Um, I missed out on seeing the worst person in the world. I was invited to a screening for that. Obviously, I missed out on Flea. I've missed out on Drive My Car. I've missed out on some bloody good films yeah. this year. Um, and I'm sorry to say that, but obviously I am taking a break. So forgive me, uh, podcast community. Um, <laughs> but Drive My Car is the one that's got my vote as well, simply because of the crossover between international feature film mm. and best picture nomination. Um, I do feel like that, does indicate to me that this is top of its class in this in this category. Yeah. Um, because any number of those films there should be nominated for Best Picture if they are, you know, as good as they say they are in, in the international feature film, yeah. if that makes perfect sense. Like, you know, if, it's the same with Parasite. You know, that, that crossed two worlds there and really went on to win Best Picture, which was incredible. And... Nobody thought that could that could happen, um, but it did. And drive my car has my vote for this one because I think it it will simply do it. Yeah, it, it will. Um, Craig has come back to planet Earth um, and has made the right pick there. Let's move on to a category that's giving a lot of people a real headache. Headache, and that's best original song. Um, the nominees are No Time to Die, Billie Eilish, 8 to 15 favourite. Dos Origuitas, Lin Manuel, Lin Manuel Miranda, 9 to 4. Be Alive, Beyonce, 8 to 1. Down to Joy, Van Morrison, 33 to 1. And Somehow You Do, Diane Warren, 40 to 1. Um, no Time to Die has won Golden Globe, Critics' Choice, and BAFTA. But. And Mike, Mike and Oscar made this point on their podcast. Something smells about this category in the sense that having won those three precursors, this should be a much stronger betting favourite, i.e. it should be more like one to four, not eight to 15. This suggests that it's the favourite, but it's a weak favourite. And Dos Origuitas at nine to four may well be a serious contender in this category. Um, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna play it safe, um, which I hope isn't a, a running theme. I'm gonna play it safe because I think it will win. I think it deserves to win. It's one Globe Choice and BAFTA. I'm gonna go Billie Eilish, No Time to Die. Craig, um, what are you thinking here? Are you gonna, are you gonna follow me in with the favourite? Um, 
<laughs> I wasn't blown away by Billie Eilish's song um, for No Time to Die. Um, I wasn't blown away with it at all. Um, Lin Manuel Encanto was was brilliant, um, and the music in Encanto is great. I'm going to go with Lin Manuel. You know, just why not? Do you know what this this winds me up because I th- I think he's got a great chance. Uh, Dos Oroguitas, I think you can really back that up. Um, and like I said, something stinks about these betting lines. Like, this favourite should be much stronger. It suggests it's vulnerable. I'm going No Time to Die, Billy Eilish. Craig is going Dos Oroguitas, Lin Manuel, Miranda. Let's move on to Best Animated Feature Film, a, f- a category that I'm quite passionate about. Um, Uncanto is the one to three betting favourite, but that's the best. I'm sorry, what did you call that? What, what did I call it? On contour. <laughs> did I? Did I just turn French? <laughs> you did a very strange on contour. Uh, no, Encanto <laughs> is the one to three betting favourite, but I just want to say it's much shorter in some books, more like one to eight. This is the best price available. The Mitchells versus the Machines is seven to one. Flea is 14 to one. Luca is 20 to one. And Raya and the Last Dragon is 50 to one. Now, Mitchells and the Machines did well at the Annies. But Encanto won BAFTA and Mitchells versus the Machines won Choice. So for me, it's between Encanto and the Mitchells versus the Machines. One is one to three and one is seven to one. If I had to have a bet on this category, it would be the Mitchells versus the Machines. It's one of my favourite films of the year. It's a fantastic family film. It's also great for adults. Um, I'm going to predict it to win. I'm going the Mitchells versus the Machines. Craig could get one back on his ballot here by playing it safe with Encanto. Or will he... I wouldn't say I'm playing it safe here. You're going to play it safe. I'm, I, I said I wouldn't say I'm playing it safe here with, with Encanto because I don't think it was the best animated feature film um, of the year because I, I have this feeling that Flea could be considered that film in in a lot of respects because of the what it does with crossing genres mm. um that's in my opinion however but Encanto I am going for Encanto okay because because out of the f- the films that have been nominated here it is it is a very highly praised uh Disney film that when I watched, I thoroughly enjoyed, like I really enjoyed watching it. Um, I haven't seen Mitchell's versus the machine, so I can't comment on that. Um, and obviously (laughs) I haven't seen flea. Luca was very weak and Raya and the last dragon was, wasn't perfect either. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go for with Encanto. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know, the annoying thing about this is where I've gone for like a second or a third favourite and risked, you've played it safe in that category with the favourite. This is smart from Craig. This could be a really tight race between me and him. It's going to be fascinating to see who comes out on top. Um, but let's move on to the acting categories now. Um, I would say three of these are pretty much sewn up, but we'll start with the one that's giving lots of people a headache. Um and that is Best Actress. Uh, the betting is as followed. Jessica Chastain uh, is 4-6. Uh, to six. Nicole Kidman, 9-2. to two. Olivia Coleman 7-1. to one. Kristen Stewart, 8-1. to one. And Penelope Cruz, 12-1. to one. Um, Chaos. Absolute carnage in this category. Uh, like I said, Chastain won Screen Actors Guild and Critics' Choice. 
Kidman won the Globe. Scanlon, who's not even here, won BAFTA. And Kristen Stewart was smashing the critic circles, winning every critic's award available, Craig. And then because the critics' choice, in my opinion, want to try and predict the Oscars, all of the critics abandoned Kristen Stewart, jumped in the Jessica Chastain boat. This category, honestly is the most open, I think, of the one of the most open on Oscars Sunday. Any one of these ladies could win. So if you say Penelope Cruz, fair, fair do. If you say Kristen Stewart, I don't think she'll win for a number of reasons, but fair do's. Um, I'm going to come to you first because I still haven't decided whether to play it safe. <laughs> I haven't, and I'll tell you why in a sec. Who I think you've seen... If you think any one of these lovely women could win why why are you saying that you're going to play it safe because there that would I didn't say there isn't I didn't say I was going to play it safe you did say you think you're going to play it safe by playing it safe by playing it safe by playing it safe would indicate that you think that there is somebody who is 100% going to win so you've gone Jessica Chastain I haven't yet well you have no I haven't but you are I'm not necessarily <laughs> Who are you going well, for? I, well, I'm, I'm going for Stuart. I'm, okay. <laughs> any day of the week. It's the one that I've been back in the entire time. Even from the mo- well, from the moment we walked out that cinema, seeing it at the London Film Festival, and I said she is going to win an Oscar. Mm. You you thought I was mad when she never got nominated for a lot of these places, but when that nomination came for the Oscars, it changed everything and i'm gonna stick to my guns i'm gonna stick with it well look you've got to be in it to win it and Kristen stewart is in it what concerns me is she didn't win critics choice but like i said take the critics choice with a pinch of salt oh 100 because i we're think definitely taking it with a, the smallest pinch you could possibly because grab. i mean you don't follow this as much as me but on the Oscars film Twitter community, there is this concern that the critics are just trying to predict the Oscars and Mm. the critics' choice is becoming a bit irrelevant because it is just becoming the who can predict the Oscar winner award because Kristen Stewart had like over 20 wins in the critic circle. If you look at those posters, it lists all the critics' awards she's won and then they jump ship and vote Chastain. Um, For me, like I said, any one of these could win. But I'm split between Jessica Chastain, the favourite, and Penelope Cruz, the rank, the rank, the outsider at twelve to one. So Jessica Chastain is only the favourite because of the betting odds. Is that right? Well, she well she's the favourite in the betting odds, but she's the favourite because she's won. Um, Chastain won SAG and and Choice. So upon recently watching the Eyes of Tammy Faye. Mm. She does. Jessica Justine does give a a good solid performance, but I I I when you compare a couple of these films, let's compare Kristen Stewart to Jessica Justine. Two, the, there are two films, and they are both playing non-fictional people. They're playing real life people. Kristen Stewart gives the better performance. She really does. She embodied Diana. She she really sold to me that this person that I'm seeing on the screen is the person she's playing. There was no embellishments there. Jessica Chastain, it's harder for me to 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 recognize underneath the makeup. Is it Tammy Faye? Or mm. 
is it a weaker performance? For me, it's a weaker performance. And it's Kristen Stewart all the way. It really is. And you still haven't quite made up your mind, have you? No, I'm currently literally sitting on my phone trying to waste as much time as possible um, and see... Oh, this is frustrating. Now, I'll tell you why. I'm So I'm tempted to go Penelope Cruz for Parallel Mothers. Um, and I'll tell you why, Craig, and you may think this is mad. Mm. Penelope Cruz was 25 to 1, rank outsider. That betting line has come from 25 to 1 into 7 to 1. What does that mean? It means that there's been money for that line. It means also we've recorded our Oscar predictions after the Oscars nominations have closed. Rumour has it that Penelope Cruz may have done much better than people were expecting. Blow it. Be damned. I don't care anymore. Craig's going Kristen Stewart. I'm going to throw another Hail Mary and go Penelope Cruz. I've lost my mind. Forget Jessica Chastain. Penelope Cruz wins the Oscar at 12 to 1. Everyone's having a party. We're all going to be rich. Let's move on to Best Supporting Actress, where, heaven forbid, if Craig doesn't predict Ariana DeBose, um, the nominees are Ariana DeBose. She's the 1 to 14 favourite. Kirsten Dunst, 7 to 1. Ingenue Ellis, 18 to 1. Dame Judi Dench, the lady that I warned about winning, um on a previous episode of Road to the Oscars is 33 to 1 and Jesse Buckley is 40 to 1. To give you a bit of context, Craig, Ariana DeBose has swept, i.e. she's won everything everywhere. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I know, I know. And I, I, I think... It, well, I, I, we're simply put, we're both putting Ariana DeBose, aren't we? Yes, we are. Um, yes, we are. Um, and just another note on this category, really. I think Judy Dench, I don't know what she's doing in there, to be honest with you. Um, we must swap her out with her colleague from Belfast, uh, Katrina Belf. Well, that, um, and that's, that would have been a, a lovely category there, really. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you mentioned it at the top of the show. It's, it's, it's bizarre. I mean, don't, I don't want to say it, but I'm going to say it. Don't rule Judy Dench out. You know, we'll never. The thing is, as I can say, Judy Dench has a chance. We the, the ballots are never released. We don't know who was second. So Ariana Debose wins. I don't look an idiot, but if if Judy Dench did pop up, I would literally look like a master, uh, an Oscars guru. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't think it will happen. Both <laughs> both me and Craig are going for Ariana Debose, but this I just have this voice in my head. Judy Dench, don't rule her out. So there you go. I've said it on record. Um, let's move on to best actor, um, which I think looks pretty locked up as well. Will Smith is the betting favourite at one to eight. Benadryl Cumberboo is second favourite at 16. Do you deliberately get his name wrong on each episode or is it like you're, you're doing it by mistake? No. So I'll be honest, Mike, Mike and Oscar couldn't say his name, I believe. So they just started making up ridiculous names for him. I listen to their show a lot. So I just do the same thing. I don't say Benedict Cumberbatch. But also, I will say this, <laughs> while we're at it, I've been saying Benedict's Cumberpatch for my entire life. It wasn't until I started writing his name down in the Google Docs that I realised it's Cumberbatch. So it's much easier to just say Benabil Wimblewiff. Um, and... <laughs> 
<laughs> no. <laughs> so Manudul Kumbabai is six to one. Andrew Garfield fourteen to one, and then two people that I would say are just happy to be there: Denzel Washington fifty to one, and Javier Bardem sixty-six to one. Look, Benedict Cumberbatch was the favourite to win BAFTA. He lost to Will Smith. Will Smith also won the Critics' Choice. Will Smith also won the SAG. Will Smith also won the Globe. Will Smith is going to win his first Oscar. I'm going Will Smith. I know you weren't a huge fan of his performance, though. This no, no, I wasn't. I wasn't in hugely uh, impressed. I, I think Andrew Garfield deserves the Oscar here. And I think his performance in Tick, Tick, Boom was incredible. Um, and... Very moving and and wonderful. I I didn't feel like Will Smith. I feel like Will Smith imitated his character because he is playing a real person. Mm. And you know Andrew Garfield is as well. But there's just so much so much more going into that performance. I I was I wasn't as moved with Will Smith as I was with Andrew Garfield. And and that's why I'm saying I'm going I'm going with Andrew Garfield. But I'm happy to be wrong. And I know I'm probably going to be wrong, well, but I'm happy wrong. to be wrong. I'm happy you're predicting Andrew Garfield as well, because it means I'm going to beat you. <laughs> you know what? It's not all about beating you, um, but sometimes it is. But um, yeah. Well, Who look, Gar- Garfield, it's an uphill battle. Um, Garfield is very, very unlikely. Um, Smith is swept. Smith is swept. In my opinion, Smith wins. Um Let's move on to Best Supporting Actor. The betting favourite is Troy Kotzer. Just to say, Cody Smith-McPhee has been the betting favourite all season. He started the season by winning the Golden Globe, but Troy then won SAG, BAFTA and Critics' Choice. So there's been a huge change in momentum. Troy Kotzer is the 2-7 to favourite. Cody Smith-McPhee is 7-2, to Kieran Hines 25-1, to Jesse Plemons 33-1, to and J.K. Simmons 40-1. to Craig, um, most pundits would consider this a two-horse race between Cody Smith-McPhee and Troy Kotzer. Most pundits would suggest the race is over. Um, I've got a lot of thoughts on this, but I want to hear yours. Are you going Troy Kotzer? Uh, I am. Good man. I think uh, out of... All of the categories that Coda is nominated for, this is the strongest one. It's the one that I would want to see it win in. Um, I think it's an absolutely solid, fantastic, award-winning performance, Mm. and therefore I'm going for Troy Kotzer. Yeah, look, Troy Kotzer, firstly, his performance in Coda is magical. Secondly, he's given the most wonderful speeches on this campaign. He's gone to as many award ceremonies as he's humanly possible. He seems like the most wonderful man. When he was nominated for BAFTA, he fell off his chair. Um, I think there's going to be a wonderful moment on Sunday when Troy Kotzer goes up and in sign language gives a really moving, empowering and inspiring speech. I think he'll win Best Supporting Actor. So both me and Craig are going with Troy Kotzer. Now, on to the big one. Um, I will mention a little bit about the precursors. I will mention a little bit about what I think will win based on that. But let me give you the um, nominees in betting order and therefore likelihood of win. I will also say I think Craig's going to predict either Belfast or West Side Story to win Best Picture. I think... (laughs) I think... I, I do. I think Belfast is... is an outrageous pick, but 
possible. I think if he picks West Side Story, he has completely lost his mind. And it's a. Com- I agree. Uh, okay. I agree. So the nominees <laughs> are, and the betting odds, The Power of the Dog, four to five. Coda, six to five. Belfast, 14 to one. West Side Story, 40 to one. King Richard, 40 to one. Dune, 50 to one. Don't Look Up, 80 to one. Licorice Pizza, 100 to one. Drive My Car, 100 to one. And Nightmare Alley, 150 to 1. Um, Craig, talk me through these nominees, what films you liked, and what you think will win the Best Picture prize and why. Okay, so starting with The Power of the Dog then. Um, it's not my favourite here. It's certainly not. Um, doesn't uh, like it, it's, it is a slow burner, and it took me a number of days to get through it. <laughs> It sounds ridiculous for me to say that because I am someone who really likes to watch a film in one go. Can I, uh, I just I struggle to just get gotta say this. to take a number of days. That is yeah. truly but I don't forget do you remember my review at the London Film Festival? Oh yeah, hundred percent. I said it was like review. starting a petrol and a lawnmower that just wouldn't start. <laughs> Come on, you know, yeah. give me some get on with it, you know. Yeah. I'm not I'm not overly um, fussed about the film to be honest with you like it is it's got a lot of pieces of the ingredients that are done well and when thrown together it tastes okay but it's not amazing it doesn't blow me away um, Coda does the sim- does a similar thing like it it has a lot of fantastic elements to or ingredients but when they they come together it's not perfect but it seems to be doing something quite amazing at yeah. the minute with with the other awards west side story again it's a spielberg film it's it has a lot of ingredients that work really well there's a lot of things that are bad things that have been going around in circulation about some of the uh, or one of the main cast members we won't talk too much about it because it's probably not right to give it any airtime to be mm. honest with you um whether that degrades what West Side Story has done here. I, I don't think it does. I think it can be ignored and overlooked to some degree. Um, you know, Spielberg is a wonderful filmmaker, but all of the things that he's been saying over the number of years about Netflix and streaming services, <laughs> etc., may not be in his favour these days. He's becoming someone who likes to wind people up a little bit in a way. Um, I love his passion. Uh, I love his passion for celluloid film and the big screen and cinema because i quite agree with him but the way he goes about making these comments it's it's you know it's, it's like martin scorsese isn't it he, he likes to wind marvel up a bit doesn't he um that is true but that doesn't really you know it's been nominated for best picture here west side story it's a remake of one of the greatest films of all time yeah it does a solid job at remaking it but it's not needed We've got our best film of all time in that sort of sense with, with the with the original, yeah. and we don't need to have the remake winning best picture. Let's give it to something that's more original. Is my is my thinking here? Um, King Richard is an uplifting film, mm. but it's not my favourite. Again, like I think I think again, it's another one of those films that has a lot of lovely pieces of ingredients, but when thrown together, yeah. It just sat was in the mouth a little bit. I, I just want to quickly say, I, I really, because I saw King Richard at the London Film Festival, I know you saw it after me, I thought you'd really enjoy it, but 
I know you weren't. Hot there was on something. It. There was something about it that I wanted more of, and that was. Uh, I think it was the tennis. I'm a big fan of tennis, and the way it showed the tennis on the screen, I couldn't get into it. When you watch tennis for real, and, and when you watch tennis on TV, they're two very different things. But you still get very excited yeah, about yeah. it. I didn't get excited about what I was seeing, and it took a long time to get there, mm. and it took a long time to get anywhere within the film sometimes um and i don't fundamentally agree with the story in some ways like people were saying it's very uplifting and it is uplifting but there is this exploitation element to it that i i don't quite agree with there's something about the way richard williams worked in the, and is depicted in the film yeah. doesn't quite, yeah i know what you're saying it's it's a bit strange so not quite so keen on the actual story where pete like it's trying to sell the story as one thing but it comes across slightly as something else and it does sour in the mouth there um june dune is sorry is an incredible movie but my god does it is it slow like it is a part one of a film yeah. and there's going to be a climax here where it's going to, it's built, it's built up to something. And now we're at the peak. We're waiting for that next part. Part two is where it could possibly win. I, 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 I totally agree with you. Everyone's saying Denis Villeneuve looks a slam dunk win for part two. That's what the scuttlebug is on the, on the yeah, I mean, circuit. that's, you know, that's very early days and it is, but it, you people know, are, almost saying as if it's set in stone i've heard people yeah i, I nothing set in stone no, i agree i agree Oscars. i said that on the director episode with amy smith yeah. i think you yeah you know it's a strange world anything can happen yeah licorice pizza don't look up bit baffled as to why they're both here in the best picture story to be honest with you um yeah pizza not so much but don't look mm, up i was surprised. i wasn't i really wasn't a fan of licorice pizza when i saw it um it it's a coming of age film, but it just doesn't, it's a strange story. Let's be honest. And it doesn't really, it doesn't, it's not really anything different to most coming of age films. It's not, it's not, um, you know, it doesn't do anything groundbreaking. And it's, if I don't want to get too much into it, but if the roles were reversed, there would be serious problems with that film. What if it was a guy with a girl? Underage girl, yeah. It would be very problematic. I know for a lot of people that the age difference really didn't sit right with them. Um, the, the age difference isn't the problem, I don't think. It's just it's just fundamentally a story that I don't think I connected with. Yeah. As simple as, really. Um, Drive My Car I haven't seen, um, so that's unfortunate. Nightmare Alley I'm a bit baffled as to why it's in there because i think it's a strong film in terms of um a few acting performances and cinematography but the story is fundamentally um a passion project really uh, the same with shape of water but the shape of water from yeah, Galmero yeah. del Toro is has the edge i think nightmare alley just i don't know it's not a best picture winner come on of course not. It, the end of the day Belfast was the one I'm always going to be back in and it's the one that I want to see win. It's the one that I think fundamentally has uh, the most ability to resonate with a wider audience. It's the one that has 
um, the most impactful coming of age story, the mm. one that really tells that story well and and has something in it that it a real a magical spark in there. Um, it's a love for film. It's a love for cinema. It's a love for a place where someone grew up. Um, but it also has that other side of the coin showing atrocities in a place um, that has, you know, some serious history to it. Mm, and mm, it mm. really gives you a brilliant, well-rounded story. And it is a best picture winner in my eyes. It really is. Do you know what, Craig? I'm, I've been worried because I thought you were going to, when you said to me, I'm picking something out. Well, I knew you weren't going to go for one of the top two. I had this horrible feeling you were going to go West Side Story. And I would have said you made yourself look a bit silly. Yeah, no, definitely not in a million years would I pick West Side Story cool. in, in, well, in the months all these films. But it makes sense because you've got Belfast winning in the screenplay category. You've got Branner winning director. If those mm -hmm. two things happened, because you can watch the betting on the night, and Belfast odds would come tumbling down. Belfast is the third favourite at 14 to 1. Clayton Davis, uh, I know he's predicting Coda, and he thinks it's between Coda and the power of the dog, but I did see him tweet the other day, don't rule out Belfast. That, and remember, it's a preferential ballot. Now, the power of the dog won Golden Globe, it won the BAFTA, and it won Critics' Choice. But Coda won SAG Ensemble and the Producers Guild of America. Now, the PGA has the preferential ballot. Um so that's why I think I'm going to have... To, I've been saying Power of the Dog for months and months and months. And on the show, I described it as a three-headed beast between the Power of the Dog, Belfast and West Side Story. West Side Story lost a lot of momentum as Coda literally skydived in and sort of sprung a surprise winning SAG Ensemble. Then it won the PGA. I think I'm going to have to go Coda. But do you know what? I, I would... I mean, I w if... Belfast wins that screenplay category and Branagh wins director and Belfast wins best picture, all the pundits will go, well, that makes sense. And everyone will worship Craig because, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think, are you, are you going to have a bet on it, Craig? 14 to one, you're going to have a, a sprinkle. No, 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 I don't bet. We know this. I'm only, I only play, I only play when I put things out there like that. Um, so unless you have any more thoughts, I think Craig is going for Belfast at 14 to 1. I'm going to play it relatively safe. Sorry, Andrew Morgan of the Nomcast. I'm literally ditching the dog and jumping on the Coda boat. Is there anything else, dearest Craig, you would like to say before we come into land? Mm, no, I think I've said everything I possibly can. I am frazzled, Mr. Long, but I have enjoyed this experience nonetheless. If I wasn't COVID riddled, I'd probably um, be a little bit of a better guest. No, so honestly. apologies to the listeners. I, I've done my best to to entertain today. Um, it's been fantastic to be back um, presenting yeah, on my I'm... own show. <laughs> <laughs> No, um, thank you so much for joining us on this sixth episode of Road to the Oscars. Honestly, Craig, it is honestly it's made my it's the best thing I've done this year so far, and I don't mean that in any disrespect to the other guests I've had, but to have my best buddy back behind the mic, bless him, looking at the uh, the video link, he he looks a bit sorry for himself, but you've done a great job. You've made some, you know, outlandish predictions, but you've backed them up. Um, and before you go, just remind the listener where they can find you on social media. 
Ah, once again, you can find me at Film Is Worth It. Oh no, wait, that's, that's, <laughs> that's us. Is it worth it? Yeah, that is us. I mean, it is me at the end of the day. But um, no, you can find me personally at I Am Craig on Twitter and Instagram. Um, but yes, please do find us on social media um, for the Is It Worth It Film Review podcast. Twitter is at Film Is Worth It. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Just for search for. Is it worth it? The film review podcast. Um, David would absolutely love for you to email the mm. show with your thoughts, especially on this episode. Yes. Um, please leave out any um, non-praise for me because I know I've done a terrible job today. Um, <laughs> but email the show nonetheless. At my mail is worth it at isitworthitpodcast.com. Um, that email address once more is my mail is worth it at isitworthitpodcast.com. Yes, um, you can find all our extensive back catalogue where you're listening to the show right now or head on over to www.isitworthitpodcast.com. Craig, a week or so ago, published an amazing, or two weeks ago, published an amazing article where you can watch all of this year's Oscar-nominated films. There's still time. Saturday, yes, Sunday. Yes, there really is. Jump on that, jump on the website, have a watch of stuff. I do need to update it with a few more links because a few films have now come out on Disney+. Plus. Wow. Uh, the Summer of Soul is now on there for you to stream along with The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Um, uh, obviously, there's uh, a few I'm behind on on that, but by updating you that way, you can go and watch those before Sunday. Um, I need to do the same, obviously. Yeah, and no, that literally, the plane has landed, Craig. The passengers are getting off. We've reached our destination. The road to the Oscars is nearly over this coming Sunday, March 27th. The I cannot wait. Are you just are you gonna be up or are you gonna are you gonna be tucked up in bed waiting for it in the morning? I'm really not sure. It depends, doesn't it? It depends if I test negative for COVID, I'll be going back to work on Monday. If I'm not negative, I won't be going back to work on Monday and therefore in May have a little cheeky staying up and watch well i can assure you i'm going to drink enough red bull to stimulate an elephant i'm going to be up all night also um just to say i'm going to be on andrew morgan's podcast the nomcast talking about the oscars reacting to um everyone that won everyone that didn't win did the power of the dog win and then there will be a road to the oscars end of the road where we will review the whole season and look forward to next season. I'll be honest, Craig's looking at me. I haven't got a guest lined up for that yet, but there will be... A guest? Oh, you want multiple guests? There could be multiple guests. It could be live on Twitter. It could be live on YouTube. Who knows? Um, But we are finishing this episode now. (laughs) So I've been David Long. He's been Craig Fields. And this has been... Road to the Oscars. Enjoy it, folks. It's been a long one. Take care. Thanks, David. Bye-bye. Cheers, mate. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Good boo, Craig.